Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What is up, hockey fans? And welcome back to another edition of Inside the Box. It's your boy, Pete Paguaga, joined alongside, as always, with Mike Fornabayo. Uh, we have a pretty awesome episode today. Not to brag, but to brag. Um, Ridgefield head coach Sean Gallagher joined the show. And uh, this was a pretty awesome interview. Uh, we talked, obviously, the Tigers are 18-0. They're staring down 20-0. Staring down a second state title in three years. Um, they're coming off a huge win against Fairfield Prep. They, uh, Sean's been around the game for a while. Played at Watertown. We talked a little uh, throwback hockey. Uh, we talked FCX schedule, which is something that, you know, obviously is very near and dear. To me, I bring it up almost every episode. Do you? I, I think so. Mm. And, um, yeah, he was just a great overall interview. Uh, uh, what do you think of it, Mike? It was fun. Yeah, definitely. He's uh, he's a lot of fun. Got great perspective. He's uh, been around the FCAC a long time. Been around the, like you say, state, the state uh, picture a long time. He's got uh, it's a lot of fun to talk to, too. Yeah, I mean, he was an awesome hockey player at, Water- at Watertown. Uh, so we, we pull up some numbers. Uh, I don't want to give it away, but we pull up some numbers. Yeah, that was talk about. work. Thank you. That's Google. Uh, so I found some stuff about his playing days that we talked about, and he dropped a really, really cool, um, fun, fun fact on us about his playing career, which I don't think a lot of people saw coming. I know I was shocked, so that was really cool. Um, but before we dive into the interview, let's just talk a little bit about the the Ridgefield prep game that we were at, Mike. Um, that might have been the best game I've seen all season. I, you know, you've been to a little bit, uh, you've been to more games than I have. Um, I've had to, I've been pulled away to other sports at some points during the season, um, which is obviously my job, but I haven't been able to really go to as many hockey games as you, but I think, would you say that was, might be the best, one of the best games that you've seen this year? Yeah, I didn't see the Richfield Darien games, and now that you mentioned that, it might have been interesting to, <laughs> probably should have asked that, I see, which, which, which had, had the more intense, but yeah, that was definitely, uh, Definitely the most intense game you know, start to finish. I think uh, I'd say there was a little thought it was a little too over the top from from their perspective, but uh, but a pretty fun game to watch. Yeah, I mean you could feel the energy. I mean the Winter Garden is so small, it's so cold, mm-hmm. and it's so small, it's so cold, and the prep bomb squad packs it out. They were in their blazers, you know, they were awesome. And Ridgefield had a huge crowd on the other side. Mike and I were up in the perch, so we were kind of by the Fairfield Prep kids. And, like, 
if you, again, people line the boards, you know, and the people are the inside watching and like for the first 10 minutes, you're kind of just trying to, you're trying to like feel which way is this game going to go? And uh, Ridgefield scored first. Will uh, Will Forrest, who, excuse me, had an unbelievable game, not just offensively, but defensively as well. Um, you know, Sean talks about it in the interview when we get to. He had that huge clear on the five on three in mm-hmm. the second period. Uh, Sean Gordon played awesome. Uh, made a ton of saves. <clears throat> kept prep out of the box. It was just an awesome game. Prep ties it in the second. Uh, I'm sorry, in the third, at the beginning of the third, on an awesome one-timer um, on a power play. There were a lot of penalties in this game. And then Will Forrest scores uh, again in the third, and uh, Puck bounces off, misses the net, Walker's out of position, Foster's in there. I don't even I want to say he banged it home because he didn't really, mm-hmm. but he gave it enough to get Got it in enough. the back of the net. And uh, oh, and then, Will, and then um, Gordon stood on his head the rest of the way. Defense stepped up, and Richfield sitting at 18-0. and 0. You know, it's those two subtle, you know, kind of going in the net and, and making things happen, plays in the corner, and, you know, Nikki calling on the boards on the first one. Actually, actually on both of them, yeah. uh, making some plays to get out of the corner and uh, and just, you know, kind of kind of greasy ones, just get there and, and get, hey, hey. And on that second one especially, he took that late hit, you know. It's, yeah, that was. And we were uh, talking to him afterwards. You know, he says he's all right. Yeah, take a hit, make a play. Yeah, that's and what a lot of those guys did the other night. Absolutely, he definitely took a hit, and you know, there were a couple of people on Twitter who were like freaking out that that wasn't called a penalty. Uh, there were even people commenting on on the story that how was this not called a penalty? Um, you watched a video, you make up your mind yourself. I think it's pretty safe to say that that was uh, that was probably a penalty. But now I had people commenting and being like. Oh, that's goalie interference. You know, Jake Walker, he impeded Jake Walker from getting back. And then I had a referee reach out to me on Twitter in my DMs. Uh, I don't want to call him out. Really nice guy, really good ref. Um, And he was like, there's no goalie interference. He said, uh, goaltender put himself out of position. Forrest had the puck on his stick with the net in front of him. Um, He said if Forrest was responsible for, for goalie being out of position, that would have been a penalty, but he wasn't. So there was no penalty there. So um, I just wanted to, just in case the people who, who were tweeting at me listened to the show, uh, that's what an actual referee said. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, just overall, it was a great night. It was a great game. Um, you just, just the atmosphere was so cool, and I just can't get, I can't, I can't not wait for the, for the Division One State Tournament. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about Richfield after the interview, but we don't want to go too long without letting you listen to Sean Gallagher. So give it a listen. Enjoy. It's awesome. Um, he, he, he's great. Now, if you ever, ever have the chance to talk to Sean, he's great. You talk hockey, food. We talk a little pizza. Um, so, yeah, uh, have fun and enjoy. Joining us on Inside the Box this week, we have Ridgefield head coach Sean Gallagher. Uh, the Tigers are 18-0, and 0-0 this season. They are unbeaten, undefeated, whichever way you want to say it. Uh, the 12th year head coach has one state title under his belt when the, when the Tigers won the D1 title in 2017. And uh, ask anybody around the state, I think they're picking the Tigers again this year. Uh, coach, how's everything going today? Great. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you for your coverage on uh, high school hockey. 
Oh, thank you. We, I, Mike and I are two big hockey guys. We have been for a long time, some, some longer than others. But, uh, much, longer. much longer than others. But uh, I'll tell you this, standing with Mike during a game, he just starts dropping fun facts, and I'm just like, oh, that's so – that's bizarre. And I try, I try to remember them as best as, best as I can. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. you're coming off – look, this was the big one. Um, you know, you played prep to open up the season. You beat them. Again, a lot of people picked you guys at the beginning of the year. You beat prep in dominating fashion in the opening night. And now this is the one that everyone circled earlier on Wednesday. Prep, you know, is feeling themselves. They're playing better. And you guys are sitting there unbeaten, undefeated. And you come out with a win. How important was coming out of that game, not only winning, but winning in the fashion that you guys did, tie game late, get the goal late. You know, you guys really haven't faced that much adversity on the scoreboard this season. Yeah. Um, you know, we, were, we were only down behind to start games in a, in a few this year. Um, like LaSalle and then this one. And Darian um, gave us really, really good games when we played the home and homes. Uh, but, you know, we, we knew what to expect with prep. We knew that they were going to come out uh, very fired up. They're a great team. They're very well coached. There's, there's not there's not a weakness on that team. And um, so, honestly, I, I wasn't necessarily as worried about the, the win or the loss as much as I was worried about the, the execution and the preparation for – the end of the year. So, you know, to, to circle that on the schedule for a lot of people is, you know, you know, 18 and 0 are going to be, who's going to win the game or, um, you know, all that stuff. But I'm just, I'm just looking to get through some of the opponents that, um, that may not be a similar, you know, a similar team to prep and their strength and how it helps us prepare. So, so we like that game at the end of the year because it, it's just, uh, it's just, they're always going to be really good and they're always going to be a great test. Yeah, that was something Will Forrest said the other night, too, as well, just kind of getting back into that rhythm. You know, it, it he felt it even took him in the second period, maybe, just to kind of get that that same rhythm back. I mean, is is there's really no way to do that in practice, is there? You just you just can't get that kind of game speed. I, I'm sorry, I couldn't hear it. I couldn't hear the question. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I was just saying, uh, Will, Will Forrest the other night mentioned, uh, you know, just kind of getting that, you kind of getting back into that rhythm after after some of those games, you know, just kind of getting that, uh, you know, to, to match that pace. It's 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 got to be hard to to kind of keep that up. There's really no way to do that in practice, is there? There's no way to get that to match that game speed. Uh, I think our, our practices are, are you know as high tempo or as competitive as we possibly can make it. So that's definitely helpful. But um, I, you know, I was happy, definitely happy with our start. I think the first period was was a great high school hockey period and the second period was like a penalty parade <laughs> but um you know and then and then uh, i think you know the, the highlight for us for the game besides sean gordon making some incredible saves especially in the five on three oh, yeah. in the second period but um was just responding once we get scored on and you know that's something that our guys have been great about all year if, if they get scored on they do not like it and uh yeah. and a lot of times they've been responding you know within the minute or within the next couple of minutes to regain a lead or to get back in the game, and it's a great time. You mentioned uh, Sean Gordon. <clears throat> I mean, I've talked at length about him on the show. We we did a story on him earlier this year. Um, the way he played in that second period, I mean, that was, uh, you know, you can look back and play, you know, Monday morning quarterback, but, uh, but that was, it felt like that was the game. You know, when yeah. he, they get, when Fairfield, you give any team at that kind of caliber a five on three, and they come away with nothing. 
I mean, that's yeah. it's a lot of credit to your penalty kill, but also a lot of credit to Sean to stand in there. I mean, how impressed were you with the way that he played in a game like this? Yeah, I mean, it definitely was not a good feeling. Uh, second period, your defense feel like they're a mile away. Um, Preps are really good at controlling the puck, and Caleb Reeves had the puck at the top. And that means, you know, they're going to possess it, and they're going to make, they're going to execute. You know, and and uh, so, you know, they have Sean come up with some key ones. I think I think they had a minute 40 or a minute 40-plus of, of five on three. And that's a long time. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, you know, I think um, a couple a couple defensemen made a couple of plays, and then Will Force ended up getting a clear for us. And Sean, I think, got one key face off. Um, you know, and once we, once you get down to five on four, you just you, the kids are charged up, and it's you know that's that's a that's a definitely a pivotal pivotal moment in that game. And um, yeah, you know, Sean's been come up with some big ones all year, not just that PK, but um, you know, he's 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 been fantastic. He's he's probably one of the hardest workers that that I've been um, you know thankful to coach because when you have your one of your hardest workers as your goaltender, that's a that's a great sign too. So, you know, a lot of what Sean's up to this year is is completely due to to uh, what he puts into the process. Absolutely. You know, you mentioned <clears throat> having this prep game at the end of the year uh, to kind of kickstart mm-hmm. you guys heading into the postseason. You know, just looking at your schedule, and this is mm-hmm. not a knock against the opponents or, or any programs or any teams. You know, I I, I like to clarify that before I make these kind of comments it, no, no, like, Here it comes. if you look at it you know you guys really haven't had that top you look at the beginning of your schedule at the beginning of the year yeah. that was crazy yeah. you know you over with prep you know Xavier is a top team Fairfield's a, a D1 team uh, Notre Dame West Haven Hamden Darien twice New Canaan even Greenwich and then you kind of yeah. have this middle of the road schedule that is because of the FCAC and the conference that you play mm-hmm. in and and I'd be yep. remiss with all the complaining I do on the show about uh, the FCX schedule. I'd be remiss not to ask you. Um, yeah. What are your feelings on having to play every all twelve teams in this league, including two Division two teams and four Division three teams? I mean, what yeah. what do you guys take out of those games? Um, it's a really really difficult question to answer, and the, the answer is gonna it's like a it's it's fluid, like it changes from year to year because the parity changes from year to year. So uh, some of the teams that when I first started coaching in Ridgefield, you know, some of the teams were not um, in D3 or they weren't struggling um, to pick up the eight wins. And, and other teams were um, maybe struggling then that are doing well now. And so, you know, it, it changes um, from year to year. And so that's what sort of, I think when, when the FCAC looks back at the history, they're kind of thinking, well, you know, it's it's sort of like you, you can't um, you know you can't judge it just on this year. You know some of the teams have had success and some of the teams have had, especially in the state tournament at the B two level. I mean, it, and so you know that's sort of like the I think that's sort of like the um, argument maybe the FCAC would make. You know, but as far as us and, and the coaches in the room um, in our meetings, you know, there's definitely voices that want a change for sure, 100. percent And then. Um, you know, if I had to, if I had to, uh, just be honest, I, I think, you know, I, I wouldn't, if I'm a D2 coach in the FCAC, I'm not looking for a change because it's a perfect setup. Yeah. And they get to say to their kids, we're going to play, we're going to play the D1 teams and we're going to play the D3 teams and we're going to be really prepared for the state tournament. And you'll see a couple of the, uh, D2 teams in the FCAC with nine or 10 wins make a really good run, if not win the tournament. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. 
yeah, so it's, it's, it's for the D1 perspective, it's very frustrating. And, and it's not, it's not something that we want to do. I mean, I'm it's just being honest Yeah. for the D3 perspective. It's the same thing. Um, it, it's really hard to continue to build towards your goal when you're forced to play opponents that you don't want to play. Um, but I think when it comes down to these decisions, it's going to be 100% or nothing. And it's not up to the coaches and it's not up to, um, you know, anyone at our level or our pay grade. It's, this is a decision that has to be made at a higher level than, than, you know, just the coaches that are going to sit and talk in a room and talk about, you know, at length what we like and what we don't like about it. But, you know, when, when, in, in the end, it's, it's really the ADs and the, and the uh, administrative administrative staff of the FCI that are going to make this decision. And um, I can speak for myself too that you know I've made I've made the argument um, and about like how this is really mostly affecting the D three teams. This yep. isn't about D one as much as, as much as it is about D three and and these teams like you know when they barely missed the playoffs or they. Um, or they, uh, you know, even just the stress of coaching in an environment where, you know, you have, you have, you might have a, a, uh, an angry group of parents that are on you. And then, you know, they're like, all right, see you later, you know? And so it's, it's just some of the details of, of, um, or some of the side effects that come out of playing the schedule are, are really negative. And, and then for the, for the D1 standing, that's, you know, that's really my biggest complaint is, if you go and you play a team, you, you gain two or three points for playing, you know, the same the same exact forty five minute game that a that a prep or a Hamden are going to go and grab nine points. It's it's really frustrating to see the standings at the end of the year and say, all right, that team probably doesn't belong in this spot. They might be they might belong higher or lower based on the actual quality of that team. Yeah. So so that's that's you know I think that's it's silly not to look at it and it's silly not to do something that's good for all. And it's not good for all right now. And, um, you know, and it's nice to see that you guys and, and Luke DeVoe and a bunch of guys are sort of bringing it to a bigger stage because, you know, my hope, my hope is I'm sure another pretty good sized group of coaches in the FCI, you know, their hope is that something changes. Yeah. It just, it, you know, you just look at the from the D three side, but, you know, I, I, when I worked at the hour, I, I covered Norwalk for, you know, three years and, yeah, I think they made the state tournament once, and it was like the first time in like ten years because they're, they they yeah. they basically start every season zero and six, and it's like yeah. all right, now we need to find out we need we need to find you know eight wins in here, and yeah. you know to go eight and eight is is you know might not be easy for them, and they don't or eight and eight that's not how math works. Um, they have to go eight and four. <laughs> no, that's yeah. also not how math works. Yeah, eight we'll and four that. is twelve. Yeah, no, no, but it's got to be fourteen, <laughs> so they have to go eight and six. Yeah, that's how math works. Yep. So yeah, it's just it's just such mm -hmm. a it's something that just drives me. And you know, even from your perspective, like you look at the Division One points right now, you know, yeah. I mean, if you guys, I think I believe if you guys win one more game, you guys clinch the top seed. I could be wrong, but if you guys lose your next two, which would be a surprise, yeah. and Northwest Catholic wins out, they're going to jump you guys. Right. Yep. They and, have. It happened in 2017 as well. Yeah. So it's so there's a lot of ramifications that happen, not just. Division three teams missing or lopsided games. There's points at stake in terms of seeding and 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 home ice advantage in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, in in yeah, making great points. But I love I love what John from Wilton said. 
where you know you said like we don't touch the puck for a couple of weeks and then all of a sudden we you know we jump into a game that that matters and our guys aren't they're not they're not in that flow of, of the season where you know they see the lanes and they and they um, you know they, they have the uh, sort of the, the experiences of of how they're working together out there and um, and then on the other on the flip side you know when we when we see you know team X Y and Z from um, maybe some of the D three opponents in our in our league and then all of a sudden we play prep it feels like you know the game is miles an hour and you have to like get through that first period just to like you know, gauge the pace again and then and then you go and you know to me like that's the biggest difference between um, some of the top D1 teams and some of the teams that we'll see that are in D1 where it's just pace you know they just play really fast up and down the ice and um, and, and that, I think that's my biggest complaint as a coach is that I want to get every opponent on the schedule that has the highest level of pace possible and that's what makes you better at the game so um yeah, so yeah I, i'm with you I, I i really do appreciate that answer because you know you talk to some coaches and they're kind of like yeah well you know i understand and it's like no it just, it just doesn't make sense <laughs> yeah no i mean i but i do understand it's never it's never as easy as everybody yeah. thinks there's always going to be things that there's always going to be things that, that, that you know, the, the people that are on the outsides you know of that inner circle of yeah. ma- decision making you know there, there's things that we don't think about and that you know i've learned that over the years by like stopping my feet and acting like a baby and then and then they you know i'll get these answers and they're like oh well, yeah <laughs> they think of that <laughs> and so you know and, and one of the things i can say is probably an issue is just the the the, uh, the precedent for other sports you know so if hockey does it I mean, I'm sure that, you know, the league is probably wondering how many people are going to be in line behind them saying, yeah, we want to do that too. Yep. And then, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it could turn into a disaster. So, yeah, there's definitely uh, there's definitely a part of that, you know, of me that knows. Like, we don't know the whole story. So. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Yep. When you so look that's, over... uh, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. When you look over the season, has anything surprised you or is anything, uh, any, anything unexpected in this run here for you guys? Has anything surprised me? Right. Um, I mean, I guess I guess uh, you could say that uh, you know I'm not looking at the preseason and and um, sort of you know head into the year and looking at how well we've um, done on, on our record. So that's probably that's probably a little bit of a surprise, and not because I don't think our guys are capable, just because you don't. I don't necessarily think you're going to look through a season, especially with the start that we had and the added LaSalle and, and um, the home and home at Darien was like a, you know, that was a battle. So um, I think, you know, um, that was definitely a surprise just to see these kids um, in our locker room. They just, they just love competing. They love hockey. So it's been, you know, that's been a little bit of a surprise. The other one I thought was, um, I was not sure when Matt and I from Darien talked about doing the home and home, mm-hmm. we honestly weren't sure what to expect. So I think that was a good surprise too, because both teams, you know, there, there was no nonsense, especially in that second game. I was a little bit worried about, you know, wh- whoever won that first game, the second game, you know, there's going to be a little bit of an edge right. and maybe, uh, maybe, maybe some, uh, uh, overly spirited play in that second night. But, um, you know, both teams just competed and, and, um, I think either game actually could have went either way. And, and that's what made it, made it a lot of fun. And so, you know, obviously that was a good surprise too. Along those lines, you know, individually, you know, you've, you've got some outstanding players. I think everybody knows. Has anybody 
stepped up that uh, that maybe you weren't expecting? Uh, the first one that comes to mind is Will Stewart. Uh, he's a sophomore. He um, he made the team, you know, right off the bat. Um, you know, we we knew about Will because his older brother played for us. He's a goaltender. He actually uh, he had to miss his senior year because of uh, concussion issues. Um, you know, he's playing junior and and so on. He's doing a great job. He's, he's back on the ice, which is nice. great. But um, yeah, Will has been unbelievable. He um, he bounced from fourth to third to second line and just keeps getting better every single week. And he's, um, he's been outstanding. Um, and I would say that uh, Patrick Rigby and, and um, uh, Logan Chang on defense mm-hmm. have been a really, really important addition for us because you're never sure of whether you're going to be able to play 4D, 5D, 6D. And, and, you know, you come to a season, you know, you're, you're going to, you're going to get everybody time and, and, give them the experience but then when it comes to the end of the year you're gonna have to go with some of the guys that are gonna gonna um help you be comfortable get going after a win and i think all 60 um and and most importantly patrick and logan have been doing an unbelievable job and they work really hard so it's uh it's been great um but other than that i think i think you know all the guys like i can go through the whole roster and name everybody's name and 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 say that i've been impressed because you know, um, even, you know, just everybody sort of ex- expected our junior line from last year, now seniors of Nick, Will, and Matt. Like, they, they do really well because they work really hard. So it's not, right. you know, they, like I'm actually still surprised at how well they're doing and the pace that they can play at. And uh, But, you know, it's it's because they, they work so hard. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's about it. <clears throat> All right, Coach. I got a I got a quick question to ask you. I, I mentioned it before the show. Mm-hmm. I, did, I did some research uh, into okay. into you um, by just googling you, but um, very deep <laughs> research. I was doing my journalistic uh, stuff, but I believe this. So you graduated Watertown '96, right? Mm-hmm. So this. Do you know your stats from your junior year at Watertown? No, no idea. According to the Hartford Current. <laughs> Late February, it was like February 26th, 1995. You were third in Division Two, with 42 goals, 23 assists, and 65 points. Do you remember that? Um, you, can, you can brag I remember, a little bit. I remember having a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, I remember that uh, um, my buddy Tom LaPointe, who... who um, who I coach with now, our kids play together. We live on the same street. We grew up playing hockey together. And he and I, um, we, we had a lot of fun out there. And, and um, Coach Vic Vicenzi from Watertown Pomprog, we played together as well. And um, Vic was fantastic. So, you know, our team was, um, our team back then was was um, was pretty loaded with some guys who can put the puck in the net. So that that I remember, just fun. Uh, your uh, your friend Tom and I hope and your neighbor I, I hope he brings up that he had one more point than you that season he had sixty six. <laughs> yeah, no, I think uh, I think there was a couple more games after that that uh, I definitely regained the lead, um, <laughs> I, and I have no idea if that's true or not, but I got to say it uh, <laughs> I can't if he listens to this I'll be I'll be hearing it forever. But uh, I, I think the stat that I do remember is. Um, that I, I was uh, also the leader in penalty minutes, which I'm not proud of. There it is. And no, I, that's I'm one, one, one of the, the things. That, one of the things that I think about constantly is, you know, man, if I stayed out of the box, 
more often. I, I probably could have done, you know, had even more fun. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it helps, it helps inform me as a coach because, you know, I can, I can through experience explain to them, like, you know, you gotta, if you're going to take a penalty, it's gotta be really worth it because you don't want to be sitting there. You want to be playing. Uh, yeah. You're a hundred percent right. That myself included, I <clears throat> led my team and like, I was like top five on Long Island and penalty minutes. My, uh, my senior year. <laughs> Jeez, that's actually a pretty good stat. Long Island. They got some, uh, some spicy kids, so that's uh, that's yeah. an impressive stat. I was like a little like bowling ball, and just like run into <laughs> everybody. <laughs> Congrats! Uh, I don't know about that, but uh, my my mom was miserable. Um, <laughs> you know, this season, you know, you talked about the junior line becoming seniors. A lot of people mm-hmm. expected them. A lot of people expected you guys to be in this spot. I don't think if you asked anybody in November and said, "Hey, Richfield's going to be eighteen and 0 they're going to be heading into their final two games with the chance to be the first team to go undefeated since 09-10, Mike, is that correct? It was 10-11. 10-11 uh, um, in the regular season. Is this – how do you – New Canaan? Yeah, yep. New Canaan. How do you temper yeah. those expectations from the outside from getting into the locker room and getting into people's heads and getting into overthinking games and opponents? Because, I mean, that's a, it's hard to play, but it's even harder to not look past opponents or, or think that you're as good as everyone says you are. Uh, we talk a little bit about how these games are, they're, they're just, they're just, uh, the preparation for the end. And yeah, you know, I think we got a bunch of humble kids, which is the number one thing. And, and I'm not really worried about it. They, they don't, they don't talk about it. They don't brag about it. They don't like, they don't mention it, um, in the locker room. Um, they just love playing and, you know, but I think the the emphasis for our room and for our kids is on the execution and on how we performed, not necessarily the outcome of the scoreboard. So, um, you know, we could have in in past years we could we could have gotten blown out by a prep or by a, a Darian or a Kane, and and then I thought they played really well. And and I, and you know, on some of the games, including this year, like well, the score will be lopsided in our favor, and I'm not happy. You know, so so it's not really to me, it's not really. Um, uh, a matter of regular season worrying about the scoreboard and, and who's got the better number. I mean, of course we want to win. We're very competitive, um, including myself. I'm very competitive, but, but I'm, I'm just hyper-focused on, on what they're doing and what, what did they do on their last shift? What are they going to do on their next shift and, and how they continually try and get better regardless of the opponent? Because, you know, that's one of the things that, that, that you learn over the years with the FCX schedule is that, um, when you do have a couple of opponents that you, you may be, um, you know, the, the strength is not even, the strength of the teams are not even, you have to figure out ways to try and get better anyway. And, um, and you know, it, it kind of teaches you. And, and, and the other one, the other thing that teaches me is the losses. We have, we've had a couple really hard losses over the years. Uh, one to my good buddy, Neil Rodman, that bum from South Windsor. He uh, he clipped us in OT in our building in, in an unbelievable upset. His goalie was outstanding. He's a great coach, and um, you know just that loss in that year teaches you. You look back and you, you kind of see you know how did this happen? How was our mindset like this? And you, you just have to battle against it. And, and so it's not just this year that we we don't necessarily worry about records or standings or points. We worry about the mindset and the execution. Um, so. I guess that's it. I guess that's the answer. But whether or not they're 
talking about it on their own or whether or not they're thinking one thing or another. I can't control that, so, so I don't worry about it. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> you know, we mentioned that you played at Watertown. Um, you know, the Watertown mm-hmm. Pomp Rock Co-op right now is twelve three mm-hmm. and two. They're the number two seed in Division Two right now. With you know, I think they got three games left. Uh, how nice is it looking across and looking across the divisions and seeing your uh, you know your alma mater right there at the top of Division Two competing for a state title? Yeah, I, I like going to their games. Um, I, I think I like going to their games almost not not quite, but almost as much as I like going to my own games. <laughs> um, I just love going to Mays. I love seeing them play, and uh, I love the way Vic coaches. Uh, and I you know I'm, as a buddy of Vic's and the guy's known him for a long time. I'm proud of him. I mean, it's like. Every single time I go, and I coached with him for a few years too. I was his assistant back uh, uh, like 15 years ago, so 14 years ago, whatever it was. Um, but he uh, he's fiery, and he every year it's the same product. The kids work extremely hard. They battle. Uh, they battle for pucks um, as good as any team in the state, uh, never mind division. And and um, and he's always in the mix. And so when you when you see the longevity of what he's done with the program as in a person who played with him and then for the program. It's awesome. Um, and my nephew is also the, uh, the backup goalie. So he's a sophomore and, and, um, so now it's sort of like, it's coming, it's coming full circle a little bit for our family where my brother was a goalie for Watertown back in late eighties, early nineties. And then, and then I went to Watertown when he graduated and now his kids playing for Watertown. So it's, uh, it's been really cool. Love it. Wow. That's awesome. But, yeah. Yep. So you grew up in Waterford. Yep. Now you're working in Ridgefield. I gotta ask, like yep. I ask all my guests, all our guests, yep. who, who has the better pizza, and 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 where is it? <laughs> well, you mean Watertown or Watertown Ridgefield? or Ridgefield? Yeah. So you grew up in one. You live in the other, or are you working the other now? Like you know, come on, who's got better pizza? Is it Fairfield County or is it the Valley? Oh, um, <laughs> I think my favorite pizza ever is my father-in-law's. I mean, it's the mm. homemade. Yeah, the homemade is, uh, and then uh, he stopped making it a couple years back because we have like all kinds of gluten-free and dairy-free and taste-free people in our family now. <laughs> but um, uh, my brother-in-law Manny up in New Hartford has built a pizza oven in his backyard. So if we want really good pizza, you know, we we can keep it in the family, which has been unbelievable. But nice. I would have to say. Uh, I think my favorite place to go to is to party in West Haven. <laughs> um, this place is unbelievable. My, my son turned 10 in January and we went, we went down and had our, his birthday party at Zuperty's because we like it. We like it that much. So I think, I think um, I'd have to go there for choice. lunch. That's like the fourth or fifth time I've heard about it. I think I just need to go get lunch there today. Yeah, it's uh, it's worth it. It's unbelievable. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would say both. I say I'm a huge pizza fan, so you know, Fairfield County, obviously, it's going to have you know a lot of choices, and and you know, some of them are going to be good. But um, you know, and then in, in Watertown, in our area too, is not. Uh, I, I would actually now that I'm saying it out loud, I think Fairfield County wins hands down. I think there's a lot of there's not too many places around here that are. I mean, Peppy's opened up and not too far away, but. Um, Definitely prefer the Zapardi over the Peppies. Yeah, I uh, I lived in Ansonia for a little bit, and uh, the pizza in the Valley is just not, um, <laughs> just not that good. But so you, so yeah. you are a big pizza guy. What oh, yeah. I guess what's your favorite one in New Haven then? Since you know, since we're talking pizza, New Haven, um, probably Modern. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean Peppies. Peppies when I was a kid was uh, 
was uh, just like you know just the, the, the standing in line and and uh, and waiting and, and waiting and waiting is like all right let's let's head over to modern and then you know like wow this is unbelievable too right. so yeah uh, yeah that that's definitely my favorite in New Haven but you know Pepe's you can't go wrong Sally's um, couldn't go wrong and and uh, yeah we uh, yeah they're all good yeah we went to Sally I went to Sally's for the first time like a month ago with uh, three friends and we ate. Because mm-hmm. they, they, it's so small, they give you. So we ordered two pies, but they only give you one at a time because they have such a small oven. Sure. We ate our the first pie was just cheese, I think, in seven minutes between the four of us. <laughs> Every one of you burned the top of your mouth. Oh, it was so worth it. I'll tell you that. One. <laughs> but uh, coach, thank yep. you uh, so much for jumping on with us. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for uh, for taking the time. I know you're a busy man. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely, sure. coach. We will see you at the rink. A lot, I have a feeling, in the coming in the coming weeks. So I look forward to that. Hope so. Hope so. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Coach. Thank have you. a great weekend. Take care. You too. Later. <laughs> Thanks again to Ridgefield head coach Sean Gallagher for jumping on with Mike and I. Um, Sean's a great dude. Uh, great coach. Awesome to talk to. Just a good, fun hockey guy. Just talk hockey with, and you know, he answered some questions that. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying that we, you know, we bring these coaches on and we and we grill them with hard questions, but yeah, I really appreciated his honesty with the SEX schedule. Um, you know, it's something that I'm very passionately against because I, you know, look for the D1 teams. You want to play fast, you want to play, you know, whatever, and I get that. But I look at it, and I think I said this in the interview. I look at it more from the D3 side, where it's like you're coming into a season and you're 0 and six. You're 0-6 mm-hmm. now, and I tried to figure out the math there, but you need to win eight of your next 14 games to, to, to make sure you clinch a spot with 400 winning percentage. Obviously, the CIAC with the 16 teams have to make it. You know, you're looking at, you know, you're looking at, if you look at D3 right now, you know, Wilton is the only team in D3 from the SEAC that has over 400 winning percentage. Um, right now, if the season ended today, Staples and Trinity Catholic would make the state tournament because 16 teams have to be in the tournament, which is a whole whole other argument that we can make. And then Norwalk McMahon sitting on the outside looking in with a uh, 133 winning percentage. So I just look at it from these guys' perspective when it's like Staples is 5-10 and 10 this year. You take away those uh, – they have one D1 game left, right? They have five D1 losses. So you take those five – all of a sudden they're 5-5 five and five against – what should be their schedule, right? I don't have a problem with D1 playing D2 or D2 playing D3. I don't have a problem with that. I do have a problem with Staples should be 5-5. Five and five. They should, well, no, no. They should be 5-5 five and like, five with the schedule plus, that they have now without other games without those five other Division One games that are already on their schedule. They should be playing D2 and D3 teams the rest of the way. So now Staples is going to make the tournament as a away seed, as a double-digit seed, probably, They'll make it as a, and they're going to have to go on the road in the first couple of rounds. Who does that? Who, if you're the FCAC, how how do you look at that and say this is great for our conference? Way to go, guys! Look at that. We have four double digit seeds in Division Three. Way to go, conference! That is such crap. And the FCAC should be ashamed of themselves. They should be embarrassed, and they should be ashamed that they do this and they think that it's okay. And Sean brought it up in the interview. Things were different. Back when he started, you know, t- Richfield was a D2 team at one point. 
West Hill Stanford was a D3 team. Fairfield Co-op was a D2 team at one point. Things change. Well, you know what? Then change with it every year. Change with it every year. The, the SEC does it. You know, we like to, we like to, to, you know, I like Al, you know, we like to rib with, with Al Carbone. But they do it right. And they put their hockey players in the best, they put their hockey teams and their hockey players in the best positions to succeed every year. You know who's the number one seed? In the uh, the, the two top seeds, three of the top four seeds are SEC teams in Division Three: Hand, Lyman Hall, and Sheehan. You know how many D1 teams they play? None. Could you imagine if Hand, actually that's not true, Hand played a Division One team and they beat and they beat Fairfield. But the point remains. You want to put one on your schedule and, you know, challenge your team because you think you have a good team that year? Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm with that. Hand plays, if Hand or Lyman Hall or Sheehan play a Division One SEC schedule, they're not the top three of the four seeds in, in Division Three this year. They're not. It's just the way that hockey is in this state. It's just, it's the way that it is. And the SEAC needs to get out of whatever year they think it is. And they need to come to 2019 and figure it out. Because they're not only doing a disservice to the Division One teams who have to... You look at Ridgefield's schedule. I don't want to say it to Sean. Because I, I wasn't, like, trying... But they played... At one point, they played Darien, Darien, New Canaan, and Greenwich. In February, they played Trumbull, St. Joe's, Trinity Catholic, Fairfield, McMahon, Simsbury. Before, before playing prep. How do you turn the notch and go from playing those teams to now we're going to play one of the most consistent and best state powers like that? And if you go to a Richfield practice, you see the way he runs a practice. It, I went down for one. It's wild. It's fast. It's quick. No one's standing around. It's a lot of moving. They keep it fast-paced. And that's what you have to do to stay on your toes. But how do you flick the switch to go from these blowout games to playing a state power when you're trying to go undefeated. It's hard. And then not only you look, and, and John said the same thing to me, uh, the Wilton coach. He's like, there are weeks where we go without the puck. How are you preparing? How are you putting your teams in the best position to win games and compete for your conference? It's a joke. It's, a, it's an absolute, utter joke and they should be embarrassed they should be embarrassed there's no one in the SEAC that should be proud of the way that the schedule is it doesn't do anybody anything nobody nobody but the division two teams are 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 benefiting and there are only two in West Hill and Trumbull and they benefit and Sean Sean brought up a good point they get to compete against division two teams and they get to feast on well Sean didn't say that I'm saying it they get to they get to compete against Division Two uh, one teams and see where they're at, and then they get to feast on the Division Three teams, and then they go into the tournament with probably a mid-range ranking, and they're and they're pretty they're pretty well you know they got those four wins against D three teams maybe they they beat a, a lowly D one team, um, and now they're sitting pretty looking in uh, yeah yeah I mean I, I, I can't. I, Popped to mind when when you guys were talking about that. I think there was, it's probably about ten years ago. There was a Fairfield team in in D two that started like oh seven and one or something like that. And I would swear to you, it was the best team in D two at that point. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 there's, there's always that there's always that team in that one spot that either is is getting hit or or is is just not. 
quite getting the benefit that they need to get out of that. Yeah, it's just it's it's a shame and it's sad and it's not fair. Look, we we talk about look these are these are high school sports. These are these are kids. You know, Sean said in his interview we talked about his Watertown uh, seasons when he uh, when he played and you know he scored like forty goals. He had sixty points. You know, from some article I found in the Hartford Current from ninety five. And I know he was like, you know, kind of giving like the good answer, but his favorite part, he said, was just having fun. And that's what it's about. How many of these D3 teams are having fun? How many of these D3 teams are having fun, having to look at their schedule and go, we're starting 0-6? And don't get me wrong, people will reach out. They've done it before. And they say, we love the competition. We love the battles. I'm all about that. You want to say that? I get that. I understand that. When you lose four games in a row to a Division One team, eight nothing each time, it's really hard to come back from that mentally. That's not something easy where you can just pick up and say, "Okay, let's shake it off, let's move on," because then that that other team that's coming in from another conference who's played D two and D three teams all year are going to jump on you early, and you might not recover. And you look, you look at these teams that get in at the bottom of Division three. Trinity Catholic won one and eighteen last year. They missed the state tournament by three wins. The last seed was four and fifteen or whatever it was, four and sixteen. You're gonna tell me if Trinity Catholic didn't have six D three teams on that schedule, maybe they win three more games, maybe they sneak into the state tournament. Took Norwalk forever to get back to the state tournament a couple of years ago. They had to beat they had to go up they had to go to New London and beat Eastern the final day of the year. And they scored late. I was at that game. I drove mm-hmm. all the way from Mansonia to New London and they went down two nothing. And I'm like, I drove all this way. No. no. But they got in. But you're looking at their schedule, and it's like they really needed to fight to the last day to get into the state tournament to get the last seed because they had to play Greenwich on their senior night. Come on, that's tough. Come on, FCAC. Figure it out. I'm done with that. I'm done with that. Until next week. Until next week. Um, Other news around the state. uh, NFI coach Mike Benelli uh, is resigning at the end of the year. Uh, This announcement came out a couple of days ago. Our friends over at CTHS Hockey. Uh, Luke broke it. Uh, Mike caught up with Coach Benelli yesterday. Mike, just, I guess, fill us in on, on kind of what happened there. It's not like there's still more in there that, uh, you know, we don't know entirely. Um, there's, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's just, I think, I think we might get more over the next little while, but, uh, you know, it's tough. You know, obviously this, this situation where, you know, I think we've we've talked and written a lot about it over the last six months or so. You know, with with the end of the co-op and you know that one last uh, that one last time for the team, and you know not being eligible for the CIAC tournament, and, and you know, kind of and playing half their schedule in February, and kind of one thing after the other, and here we are at the end of it. And uh, you know, and I think it kind of showed in the way they played last night. I mean, it's it's obviously a desperate North Haven team. They're you know needing six six wins in a row to make the state tournament for themselves and they they played like it and uh and played very well but you could see that NFI wasn't quite uh all there wasn't quite in sync uh it's they're 0 and 2 since that announcement mm-hmm. cuz they lost to Xavier the day it was announced yep. Yep. um and two nothing last night uh with a goalie assist but uh, <laughs> I always love those yeah it's uh it can't be a good situation you know just uh you know where it's coming from, what's you know, what's kind of forcing it. I guess we'll we'll know more as things go on. But uh, sad situation, you know, a guy who, who you know, 
proud uh, alum. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Won, won a championship as a player, won a championship as a coach. Uh, that team went into the, the school's Hall of Fame recently. You know, he, he came back, you know, because it was his alma mater. And uh, now one year later, it's... Uh, not even it's separate. Yeah, exactly. What did he, he took it's the job uh, in October. November. Yeah, he took October. the job yeah. in October, yeah. November. There. Yeah, it was mid, mid late October, and here we are. It's uh, it's tough. It's yeah, it's tough. It's a uh, you know if you know Coach Benelli, he's a good dude. Um, you know we don't know anything. Yeah, I mean whichever just, whichever way, it's a shame. Yeah, um, just getting to you know get to know him this year. Uh, we Ryan and I did that story on the nutrition and what he was trying to bring to the table. Uh, and kind of changed the way that high school hockey was prepared for. I thought it was really cool. Um, but, you know, like you said, we'll probably hear more about it uh, eventually. More stuff will come out. But just right now, with the whole way the, the NFI season's gone, I mean, like you said, the call breaking up, them not being in the Division One State Tournament, the the uh, the screw-up with the schedule right. of the Christmas tournament or the holiday tournament, and they had to come home. It's It's been a really, really interesting year. Uh, for them, to say the least. It's like the old uh, curse, may you live in interesting times. That kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, I tell um, you, you know, I, 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 this kind of came up on me in preseason. And I dropped it in the story I did yesterday. There's, there's 56 programs. I think it's 31. I've had a coaching change in the last five years. It's, you know, and, and like I say, you know, there's there's retirements in there. There's, you know, people who moved out of state. There's guys who have moved one program to another, but still yeah. over half the programs in the state have changed coaches in the last five years that's uh it's not an easy time to be a coach no. not an easy time to be a referee in no. the CIAC post all the time they're they're like, it's not an easy like, time to be a lot of things yeah, unfortunately like, but. that is true uh, but the CIAC will always post like oh you know help out and become a referee and I just sit there and I go they could offer me 10 million dollars a year <laughs> I am not refereeing or umping a high school event it's just not. You're never right. Nope. You're always wrong. Mm-hmm. Everyone hates you. Mm-hmm. No one likes you. And you just kind of sit there and you have to take it. And, like, that stinks. Um, that's definitely not something I would want to do. And I couldn't imagine, imagine being a coach um, in this day and age. Mike, what else do we got on the docket coming up? Uh, we got a big weekend of hockey, as always. There's always so many good we games. Uh, we talked Richfield Wilton's playing tonight. Friday, Notre Dame West Haven prep tomorrow afternoon, Saturday afternoon at one. Nice little battle of the Catholics. Mm-hmm. Always a fun moment. Always, yeah. Xavier North, uh, Notre Dame Fairfield. Xavier has been playing awesome. Um, a team that had a coaching change in the middle of the season um, is now kind of on the rise. They're sitting at five, ten, and one. Um, this is a long way away from where they were in January. Yeah, um, we talked about last week too. I mean, they they, they weren't that far off, and even with their record, I mean, that's a deep group too. Yeah. So it's uh, it's you know, that's always that's going to be a good one. Um, you know, there's just you know, obviously in Shane Lyman Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, that's on Saturday. I am on the fence about attending that game. Uh, more or less trying to figure out if I'll be able to get there from track because I'll be at the track state opens on Saturday all day. I think I might just go as a fan mm-hmm. and just not a fan, but just go as a spectator. As a hockey and fan. Watch. Yeah, as a hockey fan. It's just, it's always fun when those two for the refs. schools get together. The I cheer need, for the refs. The refs sport. I will cheer for the refs, especially if it's Marty. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe I'll get there. I'll tweet out some stuff, but I don't know if we'll cover it. And then Lyman Hall actually comes back on Sunday. Mm-hmm. 
plays JBWA. That one's going to be a high-scoring affair. Kyle Roberts versus the JWA guys. Oh, Danny McKiernan. Oh, man. I'm going to – Kyle Roberts is the best player in Division Three. I say that now. Yeah, I was talking to uh, I was talking to a coach yesterday actually at uh, Northford. I was at Northford last night. I made my uh, I came out of retirement to play hockey last night. First time in over a year. Uh, yesterday was fun. I had to get my skate sharpened, mm-hmm. and um, I went through my bag and I realized I lost a glove during my move. So I had to go buy That's a new uh, new set of gloves. Um, you know, for the one time I'm going to play this year. Right, but um. Putting on the equipment was I haven't done that in a while, um, but I ran into uh, an assistant coach, um, and we were just talking. We were talking D three hockey, and he he thinks Lyman Hall is a team to beat in Division three. Uh, I don't think it's wrong. Look, I, we we could talk about Daniel Hand and Ly- and Lyman Hall at length. So we do a whole show. Hopefully, they'll meet in the tournament, and uh, Daniel Hand will have another shot at them. I mean, they might meet in the SEC SWC tournament. That doesn't really mean as much. No offense to conference tournaments, but. I personally don't care about them, you know. State championships are what matter. Um, so I think we'd love to see. I would see, and I was talking to uh, Luke DeVoe the other day. I texted him, and I said, I need I need hand, hand Lyman Hall in the in the D3 finals. <laughs> and he was like, he's like, uh, he's like, he goes, that or Lyman Hall hand in the semis, Lyman Hall sheen in the finals. Like some mm-hmm. sort of combination where the three of them get to cross over right. at one point at Yale would be awesome. It would be fun. Um, but then, like, yeah, so Lyman Hall's playing back-to-back. They got JBWA on a Sunday. Sunday at 8 o'clock, look. Sunday look, games. look, look. If you're going to play Sunday, play at noon. Who the heck wants to go to a game at 8 o'clock on Sunday night? There's probably some youth tournament. Oh, there's so many youth tournaments there, I'd imagine. But, like, ugh, like I don't wait, I'm going to be in bed. I'm gonna be in bed. I'm you gonna sleep? be preparing for Monday. Come on, I sleep on Sundays. Jeez, oh, I will be, be pre- nice. I will be preparing. I know. I will be preparing for next week. Um, but there's so many good games on the schedule. Darian Greenwich are playing again. They're playing Monday. It's the rematch of the Winter Classic that Greenwich beat Darian pretty handily in the outdoor game. Uh, Xavier New Canaan is a good one. Um, there's a lot going on. Northwest Catholic Xavier. The Kings of the North are back. <laughs> nice dominant win the other day. Um, that Trumbull-Fairfield game might mean something for the FCX, too. Yeah. Well, the FCX. I know. <laughs> you want to start over? Yeah, let's just do the whole <laughs> show over. Um, no, I just mean ju- just do the rant again. I'll just do the rant. Mm-hmm. West Haven, Hamden's playing next week. Um, I think I'll be at that one. Ooh, that should be a good one. That was understand a, it. I mean, Hamden blew him out the last time. Right. Uh, Fricasso had a freaking night. Was, that, was it five? Five, five six, goals. Six? Five goals, and I think he had an assist. Mm. So that one's good. Uh, Han Sheen are playing next Saturday, so now I'm getting way ahead of myself, so let's not get that far. But, oh, and just to mention, if, if you've listened this far, uh, shout-out to me. I scored a goal and an assist last yeah, night. Can you walk us through those? Um, so we were down 10 nothing in the third period. There's a running clock. And uh, I had all my energy saved up because I was of coasting. Course. I was coasting for most of the time. Right, yeah, yeah. And um, we got Swing the puck. around out there. Yeah, we got the puck going down. Uh, my winger hits me across on the blue line. The goalie they have uh, plays a little out. Not really doesn't do too well with rebounds. Mm. So I shoot it off the pad to the left. 
I beat the defenseman around because he stopped because it's like tier four B, and it's ten nothing, and uh, it's ten nothing, and uh, wide open net. And in my head, I'm like, "You're gonna miss," because you stink. Like you're gonna miss, and then I just roofed it, roofed it. Like I, it left the ice and everything. Like it was really Beauty. cool. Yeah, and in my head, I'm like, "Yeah, you're awesome. Way to go. It's ten one. Yeah." Nine more of those, and we're in business. Yeah, and then I just I put my head down, and I skated to the bench, and then I'm like, (laughs) I really need water. I'm exhausted. And then uh, on the assist, threw the puck on on net, bounced out. Kid I was playing center with just tapped it in. So 10-2, shout out my line. Um, Shout out the nautical whatever the team name is. I don't know. It was my first game. (laughs) You might want to learn that. Yeah, it was my first game because I'm usually not around on Thursday night, so I was able to to get in there, but – yeah, we lost ten to two, so it was great. <laughs> Room for improvement. It's a process. It's a process, but uh, it was fun to get back out on the ice. I'll tell you that one. There is nothing better in this world than getting on the ice and skating. So, on that note, Mike, I think I think we're done. I think I yelled enough. I think we told enough stories. We talked about your men's league games. We I mean, talked about my men's league game. I yelled about the no FCAC. coming back from that. What else do we need to talk about every week? Uh, Sean Gallagher was awesome. He was. Um. So, all right. How about this? Quick, right off the bat, last way to end the show. Does Richfield go twenty and zero? Yes. Yeah, I agree. I think that's easy. Do so. they go twenty two and zero? And win the SEX? Yes. You. What about you? You think so? I mean, that's that's the way to bet. Okay. That Darian game could be interesting. Let's see if Darian gets there. True. Anything can happen. Do you think? That Ridgefield runs the table and wins the whole thing. Right now, now right now, now, now we're getting interested. Right now, right now, on February fifteenth, two thousand nineteen, does Ridgefield run the table and go unblemished and win the whole thing? My head says yes. My gut says no. Really, I'm saying yes. Yes, for both. They've been the best team from start to finish. With that note, see you guys next week. Go to the rinks. Have fun. Catch you later.